um, you should use a condom before you listen. The American dream is dead. John Lyle, L.A. Lloyd, and Drew Bennett, Beaver Kool-Aid. You don't have your motorcycle anymore? I yeah, figured I got Lloyd, it. I got it. I figured that's the way Lloyd would invade Oklahoma is up on the oh, Harley. I thought that no, one was no, 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 no. From here to there with the Harley, that's, that's, uh, that's how the countdown man would do it. You're ready to go, dude. Hey, I don't, I don't mean to put a damper on this, but I don't think you have time to grow your hair out. You know, at this point now, I'd have to get a weave or, you know. Uh, well, that's the reason why he wears the helmet, because <laughs> if he didn't wear a helmet just, all the way up to Oklahoma, he'd be totally bald by the time we got there. <laughs> <laughs> the last I'd have left would be gone, man. You know, he's got to, like, he pasted dread onto the back of his head. He's got like one braid hanging down and he's hey. the guy, man, you know, and hey, then you keep old, playing with it all the time. Old so. pictures of L.A. Lloyd, the old, old, a younger L.A. Lloyd boy, he would have been able to take a motorcycle, right? With that hair and the, you know, flowing in the back. Oh yeah. That would have been, uh, he used to have, he used to have that long hair. Yeah. It would have just been blowing back there. That's what happened. Too much of that riding without the helmet. I can still see you with a solitary braid, though, back there, playing with it a lot, you know, as you're talking to people. Start sucking on it. I went up to Oklahoma uh, about two and a half years ago in Tulsa. That carries a countdown. People up there are very friendly, love radio, love rock music. So I got the invite to come up for uh, Rocklahoma this year. So I think I'm going to take them up oh, on the okay. offer. So you're going to do that. That's what people do when they don't have a seacoast. They got to do whatever. They're landlocked. They're a landlocked nation. Um, there it is. And they, and they say like, yeah, okay, get them on up here. You know, I like you, L.A. Lloyd. I like you a lot, mm -hmm. you know. You're a white man. And white man is a right man. And I love you. <laughs> I can just. What is he oh. talking about? Have you been drinking the wine tonight, what? too, Liar Law? Oh, boy. <laughs> I can just feel you, Lloyd. Man, yeah. I can feel when you're there, and it's like, uh, all right. As a Texan, I hate saying this now that I'm older. I, you know, there's really nothing wrong with Oklahoma. Tulsa's a lovely little town. It is a cool little town. problem with me is that with Oklahoma is, is because I'm a uh, nativist activist. And so I have a real problem with Oklahoma because it's uh, it's like once again at least at least a few tribes triumph because of uh, mineral rights, but uh, otherwise, you know, here's a piece of shit we're gonna throw you out on, and at the same time, <laughs> okay, everybody can go and Tom Carinos and that. There's a long history to that whole business over there in Oklahoma, right? Oh, yeah, I, I just I read a book uh, last year. It was about um, people that were marrying into these various families in Oklahoma and one particular tribe where they were just, you know, they were doing these things and then murdering the women and the law enforcement was looking other, uh, you know, elsewhere and just to get their mineral rights, get their money. Wow. You know, your rent, got your stuff. And uh, I can't. Uh, Something of the yellow moon or something. I don't know. Anyhow, that's empire, the book. empire of the yellow moon. That's it. I read that last year. I'd read a, I mean, I read like two or three books a week, man. So it looks like we got ourselves a reader. Right. looks like we got ourselves a reader. I like Drew's got kind of, uh, you know, the, he can either be the Southern judge or the Southern attorney. He's yeah. kind of got, 
You know, he's got that that way about him. Have you seen Trump's attorney? Which one? You get it's not his attorney; it's his doctor. Right. And he's got this he's got this uh, curly mustache like this. You see that? Yeah, like a handlebar. The, the, the like the handlebar, and then he's got a beard, and he's like, uh, "I do declare." Donald Trump is the healthiest man I've seen in my life with his cane and his white <laughs> suit. <laughs> Seersucker suit. And he, uh, I do declare. I do declare. I'm telling you, Drew, if you mustache. let that mustache grow just a little bit more under your chin, you'd have a perfect circle, man. You That's the thing. I can't grow anything else except for this. This is the only I can't grow anything over here on the sides. Can't grow anything down here. I can only grow this humongous motorhead mustache Looks i have good. hair i don't have any hair anywhere else boy can pop it out everywhere except on top of the cabeza that's where I otherwise need it oh yeah you know you name it you say like uh you want like hair coming off your fingertips yeah boy yeah. can grow it ears nose hair he's like one of yeah, those play-o. Can he's do like, like you know six inches off the earlobes he can do anything except where i need like that but he just can't direct it where he wants it that's what <laughs> sucks up. Play-Doh up there and the beard comes out and you can just sit there and you can just tense up and grow hair on his face. I tried to grow a beard. Didn't work for me, man. I, I tried. I mean, it just looked, it just, it got, it just made me look old because it was gray. You know, you need one of those, dude. You need one of those Fu Manchu mustaches, Lloyd. You're from Johnston County. You know, the genes can get a bit scrambled. So it's like that, you know, I tried to grow a beard, but I grew a tail. Yeah. What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> it's like one side would be nice and full and the other side be all scraggly and shit it just it's not no, dude you need to be that's what i that's mean what? you need to be more facially aggressive you need to be like the fucking guy yeah you know like you got an ice pick in your cheek you got dude. fucking hair all over the place you got you like an eyebrow fuses with your nose hair. You, you know got, what he needs? You know, he needs a robe, dude. A robe? He needs a nice this kind of thing yeah. where anybody who sits down with L.A. Lloyd, they go, fuck, this is, this is what happens. You get to a certain age, and it's like you've got to like, like uh, astounding than anything anyone you interview has. Like they look at you and go, holy fuck, look at this guy. He's got three different fake contacts on. He's got, you know, <laughs> hair fusing with this thing. He's got, I mean, just where well, they look at you and you're like, holy fuck, who is this guy? Yeah. I'm L.A. Lloyd. See, when you're 28, you can't pull that off. When you get 56, yeah, people expect some stuff. Well, you're, you're starting nice to make me sound like George Clinton now from Parliament Funkadelic. You know, he's got yeah, the I mean, fucking purple exactly. dreads and, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, dude. something where they look at you and it's like you've taken some in your life. You got it. Yeah. You still got like a bottleneck, you know, stuck out of your head from when somebody <laughs> whacked you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. You got stuff, you know. You got you wounds. Like, oh, you got yeah. wounds. You got war wounds. I got skills so and stuff. You scars. ask a question like, tell me about the new album. And they don't go like, oh, again. They're like, fuck, look at this guy. And they <laughs> yeah. actually really tell you about the, the new <laughs> album. Look at this dude in the robe. He just asked me about the album. I'm going to tell him. Well, this could happen after I come back from Rocklahoma. That might happen. You need a robe and a beard. You need a robe and a beard, dude. Stat. They do that with Drew, but they go like, I can't afford this. Um, maybe my family can come up with some money for you. Yeah. <laughs>
You know, you sound like you perfectly described is um, is Rick Rubin, you know, the big world famous producer. And uh, have you heard who uh, who his latest uh, reunion is of sorts? Drew, this will probably appeal to you more than John. I don't know. He's going to produce Gloria Stefan. All the original Smashing Pumpkins guys. Everybody's back. Oh, except except for except for uh, Darcy. No, Darcy's going to be there too. She's going to be there too. Really? All four. What about about James Ito? Huh? He's going to be there. Right. Like I'm an idiot and I don't know my Smashing Pumpkins. Look at you. I'm impressed, John. Right. But uh, no, I mean Pumpkin uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I don't think that's a good name. You know, I I would call you guys uh, Marmalade. <laughs> Man, who gives a shit about the Smashing Pumpkins? Well, I was kind of in. Whoa, whoa, enthused. whoa, whoa! I was man. enthused about that. Talking about who American cares? culture, Drew. Who Stop cares? it! Multi-platinum. Pass. Look at you, man. Pass. Look at you. You're over there doing the Meineke number. He's all and insulting now. American culture. Right. Easy. Easy. Let me, just tell, let me put it to you this way: Smashing Pumpkins reuniting. On the same night that a band like Cheap Trick is playing across the street, I'm going to the Cheap Trick show. Okay, you're right. Darcy looks like she uh, she's not going to make it. You're right. Sorry. I misread the story. So it's going to be Eha, Chamberlain, and Billy. That's who it is. James Eha. Eha. And the only reason I remember that guy is because he looks like a producer I had back in the early 90s. So that was that was the only reason I remember his name. So it's three of it's three of the five guys. It doesn't matter. Lloyd gets a hold of Smashing Pumpkins, baby. It's all I hear. Billy Corgan's a horrible interview. I've never interviewed him, but I hear he's really a bad interview. So Lloyd go see Kiss. If it was uh, who's he uh, that's doing Ace and uh, the other dude that uh, does Peter, they put him in the makeup and everything. What do you guys think about that? What faux Kiss? Yeah, focus. Well, first of all, you already know how I stand on Kiss Anyhow, Drew. So that's a that's a cartoon. Uh, you already know you, how I stand on. I led that, you so. into that one, didn't I? So, yeah. So anything you know going, you know that's that's shed from the cartoon is just okay. So be it. Yeah. Oh my it? God! How awful! I can't imagine such a thing. Who cares about the Smashing Pumpkins? I, I don't. I, I just don't think that it's just. It's that great. Uh, well, you know. you know, Lloyd cares if he can get an interview. So that's the whole thing. I mean, Lloyd cares about any band he can get an interview from. That is true. That's why I'm going seven and a half hours to uh, Rocklahoma. That's the reason why I'm giving you the peace sign, baby, because I got it. You know, I mean, to always have to worry about getting band interviews is unbelievable to always have to worry about anything is unbelievable and he's done it for like 25 years not quite 25 but yes i have to get i have to get at least 50 band interviews a year because that's that's just insane it sounds easier than it is but when you think about no it's insane um just to have an interview or you got uh Ricky Rocket or Nikki Knockett or well, whoever. I mean, hey, look, the show is nominated for best syndicated uh, show against uh, Nikki Six and Lou Brutus and Full Metal Jackie, and uh, it's going down at the um, Hard Rock Hotel late February. And I'm, 
I'm not even going to be there for the award ceremony. How fucking bad is that? But I think that? that's wonderful, Lloyd. I think that's you know what, wonderful, man. man. This is a perfect opportunity that's... for you to show up in your robe and your beard. Right. I don't know why I you're not. Through my lips. I don't know why you're not dedicating yourself to. You need to buy a plane ticket. You need to show up in your fucking robe and your beard. You need to show everybody your je ne sais quoi. You know what I'm saying? Shuck the 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 countdown satin jacket for at least once. You know, do what Drew's saying. You know, let it go. You know, have at it. Be crazy, like man. Need, mascara. Like a- mascara Lloyd. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Eyeliner. Yes, yes, mascara. Mascara. I look like somebody from RuPaul's drag queen race at that point. You need like, you need oh, like I'm a telling silk you, when you get to a karate outfit at a certain age, you have to you have to do that. Yeah. You know, you gotta if you're not gonna do the work, then you gotta have something else. You gotta have something else happening for you. Gotta have a gimmick. Just a gimmick. The whole deal, man. Right? No, it's just kind of visually arresting, and uh, you know, it messes with people, and they feel like you're something to the point that uh, you present as mentally unstable. I've never been a hat guy because I always think guys who are fucking losing their hair, you know, that wears a hat is hiding something. I mean, at least I put mine out there. I put it out there. You know, you get it. You don't need the hat. I'll tell you what you need. You need a long cigarette. A long cigarette? He needs one of those. What do you think? Eight, nine, ten inches? Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those holders and you put a cigarette, you know, on the end of it. But yeah, you don't need a fedora. That's not going to work for you. You don't need a beanie. You don't. I'm going to go a- with the robe. No, anyway. I, I must say, with a beanie, you'd kind of be like like uh, the edge. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the edge last night on the Grammys. Oh, good lord! That Grammys thing last night. I thought you two three times. Yeah. What yeah, the got, hell is that? They're it's basically like, saying there's nothing left in rock except for you uh, two. Oh. Oh, oh, that was just, uh, that was hard for me to take. You know, I thought, cause I, I abandoned, I mean, I was an early adopter on U2 mm-hmm. and then I abandoned them back around, I don't know, 88. And, uh, that was it. And, uh, so for 30 years now they've done whatever and I've, I've hated them. But then last night, and I don't know why I was reading and I had the Grammys on and, I'm just kind of reading it because I got closed captions on. And I th- I thought, they're there again and again and again? I couldn't understand this. It's kind of like saying, these are the okay white people. <laughs> they're the okay white rock band. They can be on this thing. And I hate, I always hate the Grammys anyhow, but I, I just kind of, you know, because I, I thought, what's going to be said? I knew something would be there. I couldn't believe that uh, when they when they pulled the the Wolf book out and they had all that and Hillary was a part of that and I I, I really didn't think that you know she would sink into that. It's like why even go there? Why even be a part of anything like that? Well, I look. Uh-oh. I thought there were some good moments about the Grammys and the thing about you two performing is when the the Cuban American girl uh, Cabela. I can't think of her first name, but anyway, she was kind of. It was a whole speech that dealt with the dreamers. It's Cabela Bass Pro Shops. Anyway, she yeah. was trying to say, look, it's, uh, you know, she came from Cuba. You two came from Ireland. It's all about coming here to, you know, fulfill Rape your dreams. Take our money. It's, it's about the and, dreamers. Um, it's about the dreamers. Right. 
take it away. Yeah. But, you know, look, I mean, there was... If it's the Grammys and I want to talk to somebody, I want to see Ricky Martin up there. It, it just, I guess it's got too political because... I've just never seen, why can't this just be about music? Why does it have to be a politics? It, well, obviously, I think that they're going to take some notes because the uh, the ratings were down 20% compared to last year, which they were down last year. So, I'm with Music's you. Music's always been about well, politics, they're, they're man. I don't get it. As long as it's all about hip hop or, you know, slowly getting that way, I guess not completely, but hey, people don't care. It's like, uh, you know, when uh, men without hats were worn the Grammy for the best new music group or yeah. Jethro Tull wins for heavy metal right. or it's just nonsense. I think last night's show to me was trying to obviously you got only three and a half hours to get an audience you would think they could could, uh, get a format down but it just seemed very forced to me it seemed like they were pushing hip-hop way too much into the mainstream and i'm probably going to get some hate mail for this on the me too oh say it lloyd say it the whole kesha thing to me and look i know she went through some shit with her former manager and producer and it's a great song. I thought the whole concept was great, having the girls singing with her, but it just seemed forced to me. It, it, Dude, everything you, seemed forced and rehearsed. Down the powerful, emotional Kesha moment. I'm not putting down the Kesha moment. I just thought that it Fine. was it okay, was put together by a producer, L.A. Lloyd who's worked with Kesha in the past and has... <laughs> but it just seemed forced to me. I mean, and look, uh, Kendrick Lamar opening the show, I thought was awesome. I thought Dave Chappelle, inter, you know, kind of intertwining between the songs. That was brilliant. I mean, I think James Corden's the one who kind of got shit on because Dave Chappelle was pretty much the host of the show, not him. And then you had that horrible subway karaoke or carpool karaoke thing with Sting and, uh, and Shaggy. Failed miserably. I mean, it went nowhere. It just was all, it was just the force shit. I mean, coming up on this year's Grammys. Yeah. L.A. Lloyd approved entertainment. Right. Yeah, fine. You know, look, these are the moments that made me cry, that cracked my heart open. And there you go and besmirch them. But it's like that, man. Because you radio people, you old time rock jocks, you got your little thing, you know, you got to, Shock. I actually like award show. Back in the day when MTV was, the VMAs meant something, and even the American Music Awards, Dick Clark kind of shitting on the Grammys because the Grammys were so stuffy. meant something? I I was going to say. I was going to say, when when were the dates of that? When was that? I mean, come on. You think about Madonna (laughs) making her debut, doing the whole fucking Like a Virgin thing. It meant something. It was great back then. It wasn't a travesty. It was good back then. I mean, back in the 80s when MTV showed videos and the VMAs were, they were hip, man. I mean, it was cool. You know, back in the day when the Kids' Choice Awards meant something. (laughs) I was going to say, Drew, you you have to object. How can you not say that the MTV VMAs (laughs) were not was not one of the best pop culture (laughs) award show out there? I mean, it was great. There was a point that it was really good. I mean, fuck, you had Pearl Jam playing and Nirvana playing and Howard Stern dropping in to do Fart Man. I mean, it was at least good entertainment. It was shit that mattered. It wasn't like sitting up there being fucking political the whole night. Even Bruno, even Bruno Mars said it last night. He's like, "Come on, get up, man. Enough with the ballads." By the way, I won six Grammys tonight, so 
Kiss my ass with your politically correct bullshit. I thought that was a great moment. First of all, music's always been with politics. Politics and music have always walked hand in hand. And so I don't know why everybody gets so upset about it, you know, when, when the Grammys get political. Why wouldn't they? Since when? I mean, is that well, I'm just saying with, uh, you know, from everything from uh, uh, protest songs in the 60s all the way into the 70s. The whole we are the world stuff in the 80s. But we've always, it's always been, it's, it, well, it something really, has driven impact. No, I mean, a little CCR um, from the 60s. No, I think mainly it's, uh, if you look at your larger selling albums, uh, nothing political there. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I wanted to fucking just take a shit right on my own couch when that started. I was like, even though she's, uh, you know, giving a big tribute to Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, still, yeah. we could have done without that. I don't know. My kids are, you know, my young kids. I have kids 9, 12, 28, 37. Those are the ages of my children. Um, so this weekend, I, for some reason, when I had my kids, I was trying to get my son to tell me the truth about removing the wand from the blinds in my office, uh, you know, that you turn to close the blinds, open the blinds. Yeah. Yeah. And because I had I approached him with this before and he said, Oh no, it's back behind their speakers. And I thought, no, I've looked everywhere in the office. It's not there. So I'm trying to get him to tell the truth. So I kind of entered into an area that I probably shouldn't have. But I said, you know, I've been arrested before. Uh, uh, they said, well, what for? And I said, I'm not going to tell you that. I said, if you guess it, I'll tell you. But the thing is, is I want you basically in exchange for me saying I've been arrested. I want you to tell me where this wand went from, uh, went to where you threw this wand from the blinds. And so well, my, that's quite the, quite the bargaining well, chip that you gave. Yes. Fessed <laughs> up that he had taken it and then thrown it outside in the woods somewhere. Oh. Didn't know exactly where. And I thought, yes, that's right. And also my window's broken. So it's cause he said, well, I noticed the window was broken and that's the reason I opened the blinds. And I thought, well, maybe you broke the window yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyhow, so I said, I'm not going to tell you why I was arrested. If you guess it, I'll tell you you're correct. So my nine-year-old says drunk driving. Wow. <laughs> oh and it's like, you know, it's like the initial dart stabbed me right to the bullseye, went through my body right to the bullseye. And I said, you're correct. I know yeah. my daddy. She's like, I already know. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, and then there was another point this weekend. So that was one. And we kind of worked. I love it. How he says, uh, how he goes, uh, listen, uh, I murdered a guy. So in return for me telling you that you tell me where you put the hairbrush. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was kind of like that. Cause you got to do that with your kids. Cause if you don't have a big bargaining chip, look, your, your children are still young, Drew. When you, when you get to this point and I've done it, for the cycle and back again, you got to give them something. Otherwise you don't get it. You get just a little bit of something. I feel like uh, you're playing. I, I feel like you're playing a, playing a game of simply. Uno and you got the, you got the wild card. You play the wild card like early on in the game. You know what I mean? 
you, you got you get all these cards to play. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play the. No, I've already been to jail. Card. I, I'd already been on this thing for a week, and I'm not getting anywhere. You know, so I had to offer up something. <laughs> Same thing. I had to offer up something heavy, and then he admitted, "Yeah, okay, I took it out of the office, and I, I threw it in the woods." <laughs> Which I had figured anyhow, because I'd looked in all his usual hiding places and everything else, and it wasn't there. Oh, so at some other point over the weekend, <laughs> the kids are kind of, we're doing something, and my son, my nine-year-old says, yeah, just like you can't keep a job, Dad. Wow. wow. Holy wow. cow. Wow. Man, your and son is after your was ass. like a freaking javelin to the heart. I'll go, Whoa. Boy. And then my 12-year-old, even my 12-year-old, who usually annihilates me, says, looks at her brother and says, you know, that's not fair. Dad quit his job. Well, there you go. And, and that was the nine-year-old that stuck that dagger in me. I forget what it was, but he goes, yeah, like dad can't keep a job. <laughs> like that was the comparison <laughs> to whatever we were talking about. Here's, here's, what, here's what I will say about that. At least, <laughs> at least that kid knows to kick him in when he's down yeah. because that is the best. It's the best time to do it when they're down. You can Nothing kick like your son just down. kicking you right in the nuts. Like John's son did. It's like, wow. No, I mean, if you, if you, if you raise your kids, right, they will give you crap, you know? And, and the thing is, is that, you know, cause when I gave my parents crap, something came back at me, <laughs> you know, like a hand would come back at me, right. you know, boom. Yeah. But no, I mean, I did that all the time, but I mean, I, I like it when it's there, but this weekend was a little, you know, it's a bit brutal, but I did tell them and I, and I knew that immediately, I'm sure when they went home yesterday, they probably told their mother, dad was arrested. Dad did this, dad did that. But I, I had this epiphany a few days ago and I said, you know what? I'm kissing 59. I'll be 59 in exactly six months from today. And I thought, you know what? I'm tired of taking the one down with people. I got to the point where it's kind of like I'm trying to reclaim my mojo, yeah. which has been gone for about five years, six years. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. I've been raising kids since I was 24. I got nine years before my son is out of high school, unless he repeats a grade, I'll be 68 years old. I've been raising kids for freaking forever. I've been doing whatever, and I'm just tired of it. I'm just ready just to plant myself and go, you know what? I finally reached that point where it's like, I don't care what you think. Here I am. I'm pretty much a civil person, pretty much a polite person. But overall, here I am. I don't have a wife to, to worry about. I don't have to kowtow to anybody. I don't have anything. It's like, no, here I am. All I have to worry about is how I'm judged through my kids' eyes. Right. And at this point, you know what? I'm okay. So it's like, take it, leave it. Here it is. Uh, enough. Enough. It and sounds like instead that. of dressing me up, it sounds like we need to dress you up. You're the guy who seems like you're at the point where you need the, you know, the crazy hair and the and the uh, robe. I'm not quite there yet. I mean, you seem like you're there ready to graduate. You get a nose stud 
And it's just like you all of a sudden, you know, it's like your feet become claws that just dig into the terra firma. Maybe I should get a little closer to the camera so you can see my nose stud. It's a big old zit at 56 years. I got a nose stud right here and it's called a zit. And I'm 56, still going through adolescence. It's called a zit. I got my nose stud here. And a T-bone that went up for you already. Very nice, you know? Very yeah. nice. Nothing like a guy who's 56 years old, losing his hair, and he's got a fucking zit. Hello, Rocklahoma. I'm on my way. Good God. All of a sudden, my cold sore is really starting to act up here. I think it wants to make love. <laughs> yeah, here I go, Oklahoma. That might work in Oklahoma. That might be good, man. That might well, be good. You know, hey, L.A. Lloyd. I see you teasing me. I hope you got about 50, 60 more of those on your ass. I hope you got one of them boils on your back right above your crack. Let me, I can bust it for uh, you. Did we lose Drew? Ready, L.A. Lloyd. <laughs> I'd like to suck that pus right out of that zit on your nose, L.A. Lloyd. Yeah, can you imagine that? Thank you, Jeff Sessions. I appreciate that. That was very good and very kind of you. (laughs) (laughs) So Lloyd's got to go up to Oklahoma with a zit on his nose, and he's a little worried about it because he doesn't want to show up and, you know, among his adoring public and his fans. And he's got, you know, big zit sticking out on his nose. Poor guy. I don't have any. I don't have any sympathy for him. I mean, all he has to do is grow the Fu Manchu beard and put on a robe. And <laughs> Some of the best fans in the so, world in Oklahoma. Drew goes up in your stead. Drew goes right. up, pretends to be L.A. Lloyd. Right. He's got it down. They go, hey, you're a little younger man than I thought you'd be. And Drew goes up, and he's got the Fu Manchu. He's yeah. there, and they go like, do that voice you do on the countdown. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it, Drew. Let's <laughs> hear your best LA Lloyd. Let's hear it, Drew. Uh, I mean, Come on. I don't have a I don't have a good LA Lloyd, man. I can't do you. <laughs> See, he can't do that part. He has to go, I gotta Yeah. I gotta I, screw I gotta do a little cartoon voice. I can't do uh just do like uh, you know, Corey Taylor uh, and I were hanging out uh, and then there's Dave Grohl and uh, you know, then there's uh, yeah. ten years and I had dinner a couple days ago and how long uh, have you guys been on tour? I know him. I've interviewed him many times. Yeah. I'm LA Lloyd. Tell me the inspiration for your new album. <laughs> <laughs> Drew's getting the uh, interview questions down right, isn't he? You know, I like it. You've heard the show. Have you noticed there's not a lot of hype about the, I don't know if we can say SB, uh, the big game. Can you not even say SB on the, uh, on the podcast or is that just terrestrial broadcast radio? It'd be the big game. The big game. The big game. Yeah. It, it seems like there is no hype whatsoever. I mean, there's, does nobody give a shit about this game this year? Because, I mean, no one's talking about it at work. I really haven't seen that much on social media. I mean, Drew, what do you think? Well, I, you know, it's the teams aren't sexy. You got the uh, New England Patriots that are going for their sixth Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think people are tired of Tom Brady just uh, owning the whole thing. Mm. And then he, with the exception of the fans, you know, the, the team. And then you got Philly, and no one really likes Philly. Like, nobody does. No one. No one likes their fans. No one likes the city. No one likes that team. Well, especially Cowboys fans. They fucking hate the Eagles. Not just Cowboys fans. I mean, you know, anybody in the NFC uh, East, of course, but, you know, really anybody 
beyond that. I think he talked to other uh, fans around the NFL, and everyone's going to root for the Patriots on this one. I really wanted to see the Vikings go this year. but uh, Well, I'm a Vikings fan and have been since 1967, mm-hmm. so uh, we're pessimists, and it didn't happen, which lived up to exactly what I thought. Yeah. But uh, I will be an Eagles fan. Yeah. Regardless. Because, uh, come on, Nick Foles. Come on, baby. Yeah, we got to have a little Texas love there. It would have been really weird to see Drew Brees against uh, Foles, though, huh? Oh, you mean if the Saints had beat the Vikings? Yeah. They got that way? Yeah, that would have been all right. But, uh, of course, it didn't happen. But uh, we turn them out here in the great state of Texas. That we do. Yeah, I'm not talking quarterbacks. I'm talking zits on noses. <laughs> so <laughs> big ones, big ones. That deserves a ring in itself, man. I could right. like, get a I mean, nose ring for, and have it for the the big game, you know. Yeah, so. big ones there, pal. Uh, first round, first round draft pick. Yeah, and then you know, the more you think about that zit, the bigger it gets, dude. That's what it is. It's fed by. I'm, I'm staring at it right now. I know it's grown at least uh, a couple of inches right. just in the last thirty minutes. So, All right, don't dick with it though. Just yeah. let it. You know, it'll eventually let just it fester. Well, if let I let Tom Brady hold it, maybe it would deflate a little bit, you know, and it would kind of go down some. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, Tom knows how to control it through diet. Lloyd, uh, you're just not that fortunate. Right. So you have to do something about that. So I, I would think, uh, what will you do, man? You go to Oklahoma, you got to present your LA Lloyd, dude. You gotta, you can't have a zit. Well, it should be gone by then. I mean, I haven't had a zit in 20 years. It's just all of a sudden, the beginning of the year, 2018 <laughs> arrives, and there it is, a fresh new zit for uh, Lloyd in his 50s. So, you know. What if it really grows to enormous proportions? Maybe I'm gonna... just being empathetic to, you know, my teenage daughters who are going through adolescence. They'll have one that pops up there occasionally. I'm like, you know, look, dad's like taking that. one for the team for you. Look, I want to be there for you. I love that yeah. empathetic acne. Yeah. I love that. That is a that's, that is that's great, Lloyd. <laughs> that is the name of this show. Lloyd's well, like I I uh, I had a period last week. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Now that uh, that won't happen. Beaver Kool Aid episode eleven. Empathetic acne. There you have it. I like the name of our show. I mean, doesn't it make you feel good that you have a zit on your face? Yeah, I mean, face? it feels like, uh, you know, I've I've still got some um, some youth in me. I think it's those tea treatments you've been You think that's what it know, is? Yeah, you know, I mean, I know that you decided to do the endorsements. You know, I noticed I was gaining some weight. Uh, you know, my sexual desire wasn't yeah. what it once was, and I... Seemed like my muscle mass had decreased a little bit. Low, low, low. T. <laughs> that's right. That's all you need, baby. And then Jack, you, and you're coming back, man. Do you feel <laughs> oh, yeah. like a woman? If you feel like a woman, you've got low T. Low T. Right, sissy. <laughs> Enough of that estrogen. Yeah, sissy. The tea. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's so much estrogen in my house. All I have to do is breathe the air. I get all the estrogen I need, my friend. I promise you. There is no testosterone in this house. None. South Park Testosterone Clinic. Talk to a specialist today, sissy. Well, I'm glad Jeff hey. Sessions made an appearance again. So good to have you back there, Jeff. 
You've got I'm no tea. I do declare. I do I declare. Do declare. Your nuts are going to be the size of a pecan. <laughs> a big pecan. <laughs> I say, I say smaller than a pecan. I got bonds of beans. Oh and avocados. And meskins be the big ones. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> Now I want a bucket of chicken. So I don't know why, but certain things happen, and I hear certain things. I go, oh. Now all of a sudden I want a bucket. Did y'all see the Colonel uh, Reba KFC commercial during the Grammys? No, I read about that, but I didn't see it. But I did see that Reba McIntyre was uh, a colonel. She was dressed up like the colonel, but she's also in the audience while the colonel's talking. And I put this on Twitter today because they've used – Different people from SNL that's played the Colonel, like um, Daryl Hammond and uh, what's the other guy's name? Norm McDonald's played it. And so I thought, honestly, when, you know, Colonel Reba popped up, I thought it was Dana Carvey at first because it kind of looked like Church Lady. And I'm like, holy shit, they got Dana Carvey. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's that's actually Reba. That's that is a woman. I never wanted to bone Dana Carvey. So let's make that distinction right now. Well, Mama Reba. Well, well, Mama Reba did, you know, promote the white breast last night. So you got to hand it to Reba McIntyre. I mean, that woman, she has, she has hawked lipstick using only one lip. Right. How does she do that? Oh, oh, Drew, do not screw with my image, man. You just did it. You know, all you had to do was say, you know what? Reba's been great for years, except for that enormous zit on her nose. I do declare, Reba McIntyre has only one lip. She does only have one lip. You're right. Your Honor, I will attempt to prove, and to you and the jury, that Reba McIntyre has but one lip. I do declare... Her lipstick should be a fifty percent off. I could give a shit who plays uh, Colonel Sanders. I think every one of those commercials have been horrible since the day they debuted. Yeah, they 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 besmirched the image of the man. They who have. Was a national institution. I don't even lick my fingers anymore. I mean, it's not finger licking good anymore. You know. I mean, come on, Floyd. You know, as children growing up in the Deep South, we thought Colonel Sanders was like, uh, you know, a decorated military veteran, a hero. We had no idea. It was Colonel, and there he was, and it was okay. And since then, it's just become, you know, just something kind of silly where they don't uh, do honor to the man that we once thought maybe, you know, single-handedly saved us from the Nazis. Uh, he was the man. And now they got Colonel Reba. One lip. Yeah, I mean, listen to you, Lloyd. I mean, I, I, I see sides of you I've never known. That zitty nose white man said mean things about my heroes. <laughs> right. As he straddled his big dick mic and rode into the night. Fine. I do declare that sure is a large microphone you've got there, L.A. Lloyd. There's only one problem with it, though. It suffers from low T and doesn't have any pecans. That's what imagination is for, my friend. That's what imagination is all about.
You know, let us not forget the limits of broadcasting, of radio broadcasting, because the limits are only the limits of your imagination. Right. That's the magic and beauty of radio broadcasting, or in this case, podcasting. Right. John Lyle, everybody. John Lyle. A legend, a legacy like no other. Except for that zit on your nose. (laughs) I've been supplanted, my friend. (laughs) I will go to your party and I will tear it up. Really? Beaver Kool-Aid. Get it hard. With Lyle, L.A. Lloyd, and Drew. Make it look a man. So go ahead, stick your head up your ass. (laughs) 